basically, if you didn't want to buy into the Swans culture, um, as talented as you are, as you were, basically you got spat out pretty early um, and uh, easily too. So there was a lot of gifted and way more talented players than myself that couldn't um, couldn't commit to what was expected of you as a player. So, um, yeah, it was obviously on decals all across the, the locker rooms around what we wanted to pride ourselves on, which was hard, discipline and relentless. That's not just in your football, but that's, as I said, that's in your diet, your recovery, um, your day-to-day stuff. So, um, And I still carry those sort of um, behaviours into my um, daily life now, so I'm really fortunate. You're listening to the One-on-One Football Podcast, the number one podcast for Aussie Rules training, coaching and development tips. Welcome back to the One-on-One Football Podcast. Andrew Rains here, the founder of One-on-One Football. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Harry Simington. Welcome back, Harry. Thanks, Rainsy. Good to be back, mate. And um, yeah, as always, can't wait to, to pick the brains of today's guest. Um, so without further ado, Bevo, welcome. And uh, thanks for joining us, mate. No worries, lads. Great to be involved. Now, mate, take us back to the start. You grew up in Sydney, New South Wales. is obviously a big uh, rugby state. And according to Wikipedia, which we always do a bit of research here, you've got a rugby league Hall of Famer in the family, your great uncle Brian. Um, did you play rugby league at all growing up? Um, and how did you get into AFL? Yeah, well, I'm glad you looked at Wikipedia, mate, and it's, it's showing my actual uh, proper history because my mates have been on there a few times and changed it a few times with some um, some funny stuff in there. So I'm good at uh, I'm glad it's showing the right details. But yeah, mate, grew up in Sydney, um, played a lot of league at school. Um, back then, um, rugby league was sort of the only sport offered at uh, at school. Um, and then as AFL started getting popular, it started being reintroduced to the, the school program. But um, yeah, played the league, mate. Bit of union. Um, as well, so um, yeah, just obviously my mates were more leagues than, than AFL, so that's just the norm, I suppose, coming growing up in a in a rugby league state. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so then, if you if you fast forward to, to two thousand and three, you're, you're rookie listed by the Swans at uh, pick sixty four overall, and then the following year, two thousand and four, you're elevated to senior list, um, and in that same year, you play twenty four senior games. Um, get nominated for the Rising Star, and then the year after, in 2005, you're a premiership player with the Swans. Um, so in the space of just three years, you transformed from from a rookie-listed player from, from New South Wales, a rugby background, um, into a premiership player. Could you just talk us through that um, that transformation and, um, and yeah, how you earned your place in, in such a competitive team at, at such, a young, um, such a young age? Yeah, that first year, I um, so when I was drafted as an 18 year old, 2003, um, sort of pretty raw kid coming in with not a lot of skill, just had the right attitude and yeah, got through the whole year playing twos footy um, and I was pretty lucky to be honest to get a, I was only rookie listed as you said, but I, I got a, a second year out of them um, to come back. So that off season after my first year, I basically trained without having a break and got myself really fit um yeah come back that second year and was flying in all the pre-season running um no one sort of expected me to play senior footy that's for sure but I was running well and then that sort of transferred into the, the, the pre-season games and played good footy um and got a yeah basically going into the first uh game was Brisbane I wasn't even on the emergency list but we had someone go down Ty Kennelly went down 
in the like the coaches captains run on the Friday and yeah got the call up to play round one against Brisbane who just come off three ba- uh, premiership so up at the Gabba so that was my first game. Yeah, incredible story, mate. And I think uh, that's a great message in there for um, a lot of young footballers out there. Just the impression you can make at pre-season. Um, you know, you come out and, and you're fully fit and you go away and do the work. I think um, first impressions definitely straight up after, you know, sort of a bit of time off is um, is always important. Those guys are pushing for, you know, a senior spot and trying to cement their spot. Those extras in the off-season is, is really important. Um Obviously, too, you're in a, in a really good culture um, and successful period throughout the Swans. When sorry, in the Swans' um, history, when you were there, um, talk us through that Bloods culture um, and how do you define the Bloods culture? Um, you know, who who were some of the real drivers behind that sort of philosophy, and how did you sort of buy into it? Yeah, I'm, I'm really fortunate. I've uh, played footy at the, the Swans. Obviously, the culture is well known. Um, basically, from get go, the day one, you're sort of told what the expectations are um, as a person, the way you carry yourself um, outside of the training and just basically you've got to live it day by day. Um, some of the, the key personnel that drove it were, biggest influence on me was Stuart Maxfield, um, come from Richmond, uh, yeah, then obviously played at Sydney as well, but there was no one harder or more disciplined than Stewie, basically. He saw something in me from the get-go, so basically just, yeah, put me under his wing and um, just showed me the ropes, really. I remember we did a bit of circle work um, in my second year, and I had to run with Stewie, and I, fuck, I was cooked. Um, he just ran, <laughs> ran, 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 and just showed me, you know, if you want to, I was sort of more of a um, back pocket lockdown player, but was looking at opportunities to go as a run with player. And he showed me how hard you actually got to work to um, to play in that sort of midfield position. So yeah, he was a big driver. But basically, if you didn't want to buy into the Swans culture, um, as talented as you are, as you were, basically you got spat out pretty early um, and um, easily too. So there was a lot of gifted and way more talented players than myself that couldn't um, couldn't commit to what was expected of you as a player. So. Um, yeah, it was obviously on decals all across the, the locker rooms around what we wanted to pride ourselves on, which was hard, discipline and relentless. That's not just in your football, but that, as I said, that's in your diet, your recovery, um, your day-to-day stuff. So, um, And I still carry those sort of um, behaviours into my um, daily life now, so I'm really fortunate. It's... Um... That's a, a just brought back a few memories. My first game was back in two thousand and four. Probably would have played against you at the MCG. It was actually Danny Frawley's last um, game as coach at Richmond and made my debut. And I remember lining up on on Stewie, um, and he took me for one of those runs uh, across the MCG. And it was like it sort of set it sort of set the tone for for me personally, just sort of playing against someone with that intensity and running capability. And um, I was thinking, welcome to league football. I've got a fair way to go here. And yeah, obviously very fortunate to have um, him by so I was a mentor, mate. So that's um, yeah, great, great little lesson there, and great, um, great for a young bike coming through to have. Yeah, and he's. I mean, another part of that is he was a big driver of um, around. You know, it's it's a team effort really. So if anyone stuffed up, Mister Massage or Mister an appointment or. Uh, you know, training if they were 10 minutes late. The whole team would have to turn up the next morning down at uh, Maroubra Beach at 6am and we would have to bring two bricks with us. Um, 
and it was like a punishment session. So basically you had to do knuckle push-ups on the hard bitumen floor and then go down to the ocean, circle up, get the guy that's stuffed up in the middle and we'd have to carry our bricks out on the side and do all these sort of shoulder rotation stuff. And everyone was hurting and hating the guy in the middle, but that just showed you it was just a whole, you know, a team um, philosophy around if one guy stuffs up, it affects the whole team. So he was the instigator of that. And, um, yeah, I quietly loved it, mate. I, I love that sort of stuff. Just, um, yeah. yeah, it just, as I said, it gave people like myself who were less talented but wanted to buy into that culture a real opportunity to, um, you know, Get ahead of, suppose the guys that didn't want to um, didn't want to commit as much. There's um that's a, that's a, a, a brought back a few, another few more memories for me. Just uh, the old knuckle push-ups. That game on Buchanan, your premiership teammate, a good mate of mine. Um, we're at Brisbane together. Uh, brought in the knuckle uh, push-ups in on Cooper car park one uh, morning after we. <laughs> We had a putrid session or something happened, someone slept in or whatever it was and, and Monty um, got everyone to circle up in the car park at Cooparoo there and we did the old knuckle um, push-ups and there was young boys crying and there was blood going everywhere and, uh, yeah, they're not the best of uh, memories but you do it for a purpose, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. I'm glad he brought it to you guys and wanted to start. <laughs> Now, Bevo, um, you mentioned before uh, the, like those those three themes. Um, uh, I guess the, the pillars that, you, that the, the culture was built on. So hard, disciplined, relentless, was it? Yeah, that's right, yep. Um So with that, uh, with that, uh, I guess philosophy was that something that was player driven um, at the start of the year. You come, you, you jump in a meeting and um, come up with the with the theme for the year, or was it something that was? Um, yeah, sort of carried on from from the prior year, and it was just um, something that a, a, young, a young player sort of walked into straight away. Yeah, it was actually created the year that I was um, drafted, two thousand and three. Was um, in the in the preseason, we sort of had a um, yeah, just a, an open forum where players wanted to basically come down with three things, come up with three things that were we wanted to buy into, and yeah, you know, there was different. Um, pillars that some players um, uh, suggested but these were the three that everyone sort of put their hand up and agreed on so yeah 2003 and it saw me throughout my nine years at Sydney I'm not sure if that's changed slightly since then but that were the three pillars that we sort of committed to um, right through my journey anyway yeah for sure and um, with, uh, you mentioned as well that you sort of carried that um, into your life outside of footy what are some examples of um yeah, I guess those those behaviours um, off field um, that you've that you've sort of carried along from from your days at the Swans. Yes, yeah, so just in my professional career, um, um, you know, the, the discipline side of it is is big with me. I'm always um, super diligent in my um, preparation for anything that's required for me in a work aspect. Um, there's a lot of there's a lot of trust in my role. I'm uh, I'm in a sales position at the moment. Um, you can sort of get away with a few few things and shortcuts, but um, that Swan sort of culture is just ingrained. I can't explain it, but it's just uh, it's like a little person talking to you in your head type thing. If you're ever sort of questioning something, the heart is. I've just always been someone that had to work a little bit harder than um, you know the people in the room. Generally speaking, the role that I'm in, there's a lot of. Um, yeah, obviously experience and um, people with science and backgrounds, etc. And I don't have that. I've only got a 
um, business management course, but I've just found a way, some way, just through my, my work ethic. So it definitely carries on into my uh, in my daily life, mate. That's for sure. Yeah, interesting point there, mate. You make about playing your role, um, and obviously in a team environment, like you're talking about before when you work these days. But um, back in your playing days, you talk about um, the importance of we 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 talk about as coaches and players and everything. You hear it a lot, playing your role. I think we've seen in recent times at Richmond, um, they've got their superstar players, but they've also got a lot of role players, and that's clearly why they've had so much success. Um, just for our younger listeners out there. Um, Sometimes it takes a fair bit to sacrifice your game for the team and and, and for the better, um, and that might you know sometimes mean that you, if you're a midfielder, gun midfielder, whatever, and you get put back or you get put put forward or you're asked to play on someone, sometimes that can um, rub players up the wrong way and they think why me and why am I doing this? And in your case, mate, um, you know you played a really important role as a, a sort of a shutdown defender um, that could play a run with role um, and. You know, it, it paid off massively for you um, in, in your case of premiership. Just for our younger listeners out there and, and possibly any coaches too, we've got a lot of coaches that do listen to this too, how did you work your way around through that? And, and it sounds like it did come from that culture and, and wanting to cement your spot, but just talk to us about sort of, um, you know, the aspect of playing your role for the, for the better of the team. Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one as a young kid because you sort of judge your game on how many kicks and that sort of jazz. But, um, yeah, just I suppose for me, which I sort of try to pass on to the, the kids that I, I work with is it's not about the number of kicks, it's the quality when you do get the footy in your hands. So a game of footy is 120 minutes. So you might, you know, you might have your hands on the footy for 40 seconds out of that or a minute if you have 15 to 20 touches. So it's, it's the quality and care that you take with the footy when it's in your hands. And in terms of the role, it's just understanding what your role is before the game. Um, you might think it's to go and get... 20 kicks, but your coach might think it is, you know, every time you get the footy, I want you to look inside and hit the, the usable, um, or it might be a mm. shutdown role one week. So it's that open communication with your coach, understanding what the role is, not just assuming you know what the role is. Um, so yeah, just having that, that dialogue with your coach. And if you are a coach, making sure it's really clear to the player what your expectations are for them for this, this game. Um, and just and just having a tangible, really um, realistic expectation of the player, so he can come off at the end of the game and say, "Look, I was able to achieve these things and tick off on those things." And that's your role play. So, for me, it was um, during my playing days, I had a real clear understanding what the expectation was of me, um, and externally, I wasn't concerned about the noise. If you know. If if there was certain people wanting me out of the team because I wasn't getting enough of the footy, oh, I know that I was I was doing my part and making us a better team through my... You know, you've got to be able to sacrifice your, your game for the betterment of the team as well. So you've got to be willing to do that. Um, and I always talk to my players that I, I work with is around attitude as well. So no one wants to work with or play with players that um, mm. are more concerned around their own individual performance. They want They want... They want team players. They want guys that are committed to committed to the team first mentality. So, um, and that's what AFL clubs. I did some recruiting for Sydney when I went over to WA post Swannies time, um, and the big um, thing they looked at was attitude in a game, and were you a good kid outside of footy as well? So they looked into your, you know your schooling, your home life, and, and those sort of things. So. 
um, just yeah, team first for, for me, definitely. Absolutely. And talk us through a couple of the um, sort of key roles. Definitely, uh, we it's well noted. You do a bit of research on you, and obviously the role you played on Ashley Sampy Grand Final day, um, and and that year. Talk us through some of the key roles, the key players you played on, um, and also to just a. For our coaches out there, just any technical things around playing that sort of small shutdown, um, you know, sort of defender role in the back line, anything technical um, you can share with uh, with our coaches or players? Yeah, look, I wasn't blessed with pace, Rainsy, um, so I wasn't quick at all. But for some reason I was always put on the real small, whippy, nippy players. Um So just using your attributes, I was always, I like the, the physicality, so... Generally speaking, if you're playing on those smaller, crafty forwards, I don't like the physical contact. Um, so, yeah, I, I used to watch a lot of vision um, of the opposing player that I was up against and just looking at, you know, where he likes to position himself around stoppages and that sort of thing. So I'd always look at body contact. That was important for me. For a player that I was playing on, he just want to be able to run at the footy straight away without getting any body contact. For me, yeah, using my attributes, which was which was that body contact. Um, in terms of personnel, yes, applying like players like um, you know Aaron Davy, as you mentioned, Sampy. Um, but I'd also also play on some mid-sized players as well, um, and just looking to yeah, just. Just help out the, the fellow defenders when I could, just so I could trust on them to help out too. So, um, yeah, not not locking onto a player and just thinking I've got to worry about him for the game. Being able to to leave at the right opportunity too. So that takes um, that takes some courage as well to be able to leave your man and and help out as well. So um, just for you, for the coaches out there that have got some defender type players, lock on players. Just support them as much as you can. As I said before, they're, they're not getting much of a footy, but if they can keep their man quiet, I think they need to um, need to be told that they're playing their role. And um, yeah, just to yeah, don't don't pigeonhole a certain player to a lockdown role. They've probably got some attributes that, that can help. I was thrown up forward a few times and got myself in some good spots and kicked a couple of goals um, as well. So just give them an opportunity to um, to play elsewhere as well if you see some. Some attributes, yeah, absolutely. And um, one of the one of the big themes that we we like to chat about on this show is um, yeah, I guess the the, the finer details in footy. And um, <clears throat> obviously, every player's got their own strengths and weaknesses. And um, I'd be interested to get your advice um, for the for the listeners out there. Um, do you spend most of your time coaching footballers to um, uh, I guess raise a level of their weaknesses to be a more rounded player, or do you think it's more important to um, to I guess turn your strengths into um, into real weapons. You mentioned that your physicality was something that could um, yeah allow you to sort of deal with a, a faster player um, and, and play to your strengths. Do you, do you think there's um, do you think it's important to do both, or, or would you recommend working on strengths over weaknesses, or, or vice versa? Yeah, it's a good question. I'm probably more so the using your attributes, so leveraging off those more than. Um, spending too much time on your, on your weaknesses but everyone's got their own opinion but in saying that you've got to be able to AFL footy if you want to um, get yourself up in grade you've got to be um, got to be able to use your opposite foot to get out of travel as well so there's a fine line yes you've got to put some time into your deficiencies in your game but you can't neglect the, the part of your game that's um, ticking along nicely so if you're good overhead mark you've got to continually work on that and um 
yeah, just have a mentor to be able to give you some feedback because you might be thinking you're at this level, but in fact, you probably um, you probably got some things to work on too. So having someone just to watch your game, if it's your old man or uh, another coach or a coach from another grade, it doesn't matter who it is, just get them to, to watch an aspect of your game and get some genuine feedback. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm probably more just working on your... Um, working on your strengths and getting them to a higher level. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, we can. Um, there's, there's plenty of footballers out there that, that, that I guess, focus too much on um, on what they've been told they're, they're not good at and, and, I guess, forget to, um, yeah, really um, really keep advancing the, um, the strengths that they have. Um, in saying that, in more of a general sense, um, having retired now and watched the game change a lot um, since your playing days, what do you think are the most... I guess desirable traits for a young footballer um, wanting to uh, yeah break into the AFL um, in today's game that perhaps wasn't as important back when you were playing um, with the with the evolution of, of the AFL. Well, um, for me, what's on? It's just slipped on me, but camera. Um, for me, well, I, just watching the game now, I, I still think um, just the guy's courage to take the game on like hitting those usable 45 kicks and opening up the whole game. There's still a lot of safe players out there, I think. So that takes that takes time to be able to um, just hit those tag- targets in a game of footy and get your, your confidence up, I suppose. So, yeah, just watching the game now, I think that's definitely something that can still be worked on because there's too much down-the-line stuff happening. And, uh, yeah, the, 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 the teams that play at a fast pace, like your doggies and... Um, uh, Geelong at times as well, just really chop you up by those sort of changing the angle kicks. So I encourage the young players, if it's on, yeah, use them usable because it opens up the whole other side of the ground too. So, um, yeah, that's my sort of theory on it anyway, watching the games of today. Couldn't agree more there, mate, just obviously with the, the evolution of the game and so how fast it is, but obviously a few things don't change and in the game and definitely... Um, definitely touched on those points where, where you're really strong in and physicality and competitiveness and the right attitude I think um, is important um, and that, that will never get um, washed away in the game so really important for our, our listeners out there to take note of that one um, now on to your coaching with us mate um, you're residing on the Sunshine Coast the beautiful Sunshine Coast operating your sessions out of there um, one of the first coaches on the platform and been very consistent um, talk to us about what players can expect in some of your sessions and How's the experience been for you as a coach on, on our on our system? Oh, I've loved it, mate, to be honest. Um, I've got three young ones, uh, under six, so I can't commit to a full-time or to a coaching position. I'm just too unreliable with my work. I travel a lot, so this is perfect to be able to put up when my availability is during the week. Um, but, yeah, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really fortunate you've hit me up a couple of years ago now, and I've been, uh, been able to slowly get um, you know the range of players up I've only had a few there for a while but um, yeah the, the platform's well known now so it's starting to increase so yeah in terms of what what to expect I'm really um, I'm more than if you if you hire me just for the hour whatever I'm more than that I keep telling the players you can hit me up and I'm, you've got to use me as a resource outside of the, the session as well so I've been able to um, develop some really strong relationships with the players that I've been working on and I'm giving them some advice um, along the way in terms of recovery, what foods they should be looking, some programs um, for weights, etc. So, yeah, I just, I just, yeah, I'm very approachable um, and I'm genuine with my feedback too. I want to make you better as a player. So, um, 
I don't sort of don't hold back. I'll give them honest feedback. And um, and we really, really build on our sessions. We don't do the two of the same sessions. We really change it up and make it fun along the way. So, and yeah, I've had a good strike rate. Basically, yeah, most all people that have um, had a session with me have, um, have, have stayed on. So, um, yeah, I've had some guys actually travel down from Harvey Bay, which is three hours north. They used to do that. That weekly, actually. Yeah, we've, so we saw that come, that come on. Oh, yeah. I was about to touch on that. It's uh, extraordinary that some people travel regionally and, uh, and and for their fix of footy and obviously quality coaching and mentoring. So that's uh, that's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and they still keep in touch with me just to, um, obviously, they're, they're doing their own training at the moment and not using me as much. But, um, yeah, they still give me uh, a rundown on how they're playing on the weekend. So I really like that. And, I'm, yeah, I feel like I've got a lot to offer and pass on. So, yeah. Um, yeah, really, really do like this platform. That's a great little insight into um, into one of the one of the most popular coaches on the platform, and um, and yeah, I guess that's something that we're we're really trying to help people with. It's not just the coaching, but um, but yeah, like you said, the the mentoring resource that um, that, that someone with your experience can can be for a, a young footballer. Um, now, mate, looking forward, so looking ahead, um, what's on the horizon for you for the next couple of years? Uh, are there any goals that you like to achieve? Um, whether it's coaching professionally or um, or with your family, um, yeah, what do the next couple of years look like? Jeez, I don't know what I'm doing next week, let alone a couple of years. <laughs> but um, I'd love to. Yeah, obviously, I was very fortunate to get nine years uh, playing at Sydney, so I'd love to give back a little bit more, not on a um, financial point of view, but just like just being able to offer some of the local players. Um, in a coaching position, as I said, I've just got three young ones, so it's hard to commit at this stage. But eventually, down the track, I'd like to um, like to get involved in coaching uh, more consistently. On a um, you're looking after one of the, maybe one of the junior teams, so um, that's probably on the cards. But a couple of years away, uh, I've got three young girls, so I'm just trying to get them around the footy a little bit. It's kind of hard; they're always getting around in the two twos at the moment. So it's um, yeah, I might try and get them down to Maroochydore. It's a local club here, so. Um, yeah, working on that at the moment, mate. Oh, that's awesome, and um, yeah, the uh, the the one-on-one footballers that you've got are probably uh, enjoying the fact that you're you're not into a, a full-time coaching role at the moment. Um, yeah, footballers, no doubt, benefiting from that. <clears throat> um, yeah, mate, that's about all we've got time for today. We'll um, we'll wrap it up there. Um, yeah, thanks for joining us on the show. I've I've, I've learned a lot, and um, yeah, hopefully the listeners out there um, have learned uh, have learned just as much. Thanks, no thanks. Yeah, thanks, Bevo. It's um, yeah, been amazing, mate. I think um, as I said, a bit of an unsung hero, um, very underrated sort of um, player, and and uh, and what you've achieved over the years. And now, as I said we're very fortunate you've got that bit of flexibility with your hours, but obviously not taking on too much of the coaching, which fits nicely with the one-on-one family and um yeah it's, it's just great to hear your story and hopefully a lot can pick up out there it's not necessarily the um trust me it was a similar type of player and you play your role and you get it done and, and you get some success in it don't, not everyone needs to be buddy franklin or uh or bonton pally so um just a, a really good story and um and, and quality person so thanks very much mate no worries guys thanks for your time and yeah good luck to the other players out there for the rest of the year if you're playing footy thanks for listening to the one-on-one football podcast if you got something out of today's episode, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to stay updated on special guests, new episodes, and more, please subscribe to the show on your chosen platform. And finally, if you have any questions for Rainsy or myself, or you want to get a particular guest on the show, please reach out. Our email address is podcast at 
Thanks, guys. We'll see you for the next episode.